This is Daily Devotions Best Of with Pastor Tim Dodson from JF Believers Church. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting jfbelievers.com. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verse 5. And he said to them, Which of you, if you go to a friend at midnight and tell him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he, from within, will answer and say, Don't bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give it to you. Now, Jesus goes on here to give us an example of just what our attitude of prayer should be. Many are quick to take this story I just read very much out of context and see it rather as a mandate to persistent prayer and a mandate for overt boldness, if you will, on our part uh, when we pray to God. Now, to accept that view, however has problems because it has implicit character ramifications there which cannot be ignored. So if we were to see it that way, suddenly God is not a father figure so carefully demonstrated uh, as throughout Scripture. No, he, he this would relegate him to a, a teasing sibling or some sort of distant, uncaring monarch. So allowing Scripture to be its own commentary and carefully looking at the context of the passage in light of the next verses, we see here rather that Jesus was not presenting how God is, but rather how he is not. I mean, are we really called to keep asking God for something he has already said no about? Are we being somehow told here to behave like we know better than God and we should just keep asking until we somehow wear God down and he gives us what we want? Are we really to see God as some sort of grumpy man being bothered in the middle of the night saying no because it's inconvenient to him? I mean, when is God ever inconvenienced? The point, as attested in the following verses of this parable, is that God is not like that, not at all. I mean, how could Jesus mean otherwise when he just told us, when he was teaching us on prayer, how to pray, He told us, thy will be done. That hardly sounds like uh, a connection to this dysfunctional idea. In reality, our prayer before God should certainly be humble and fully expectant of his answer. But that's an answer that is sure to come, but it's not always going to be yes, no matter how much we ask. Verse 8. I tell you, although he will not rise and give it to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence he will give up, get up and give him as many as he needs. Now, again, certainly to seek God on an issue more than once is not in any way prohibited. For it may be that God is saying, in terms of answering our prayer, maybe he's saying to wait. And that the answer is more of a matter of timing than some sort of emphatic yes or no. However, once the answer is clearly no, we need to acknowledge that He is God and He is ruler of our lives and we need to accept that decision. Paul the Apostle asked God three times to remove the thorn in His flesh. And He was each time told no. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 9 concerning 
this account says, I begged the Lord three times that it might depart from me, and he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my weakness, Paul says, than in the power of Christ may rest on me. So you see, Paul then, he accepted and he embraced God's decision, even a decision that did not go his way, at least in the flesh. He did not continue to badger God like a child would with some, you know, with an earthly parent after he had already been told no. Verse 9, I tell you, keep asking, and it will be given to you. Keep seeking, and you will find. Keep knocking, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. To him who knocks, it will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he won't give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Verse 12, or if he asks for an egg, he won't give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So we are told in this passage to ask, to seek, and to knock. And if we do, we are told it will be given to us. However, before you run off to the bank to deposit your millions, remember exactly what Scripture says elsewhere. Because James 4.3 says, you ask and you don't receive. Because you ask with the wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your pleasures. Job 35.12 says, there they cry, but no one answers, because of the pride of evil men. 1 John 3.22, so whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments, and do the things which are pleasing in his sight. Matthew 6, 8 says, Therefore don't be like them, for your Father knows what things you need before you ask Him. So here is just a a little bit of uh, other scripture which gives us a fuller picture of what it means to ask and what we need to be doing on the receiving side of this. But one thing we need to acknowledge, thankfully, is that our Heavenly Father is not that grumpy guy when we knock in the middle of the night. No, his door is always open, and he's always there for us. He needs no arm twisting, for he loves his kids, and he loves to give good gifts to us. However, remember also that he is dad, which means he will not give us a scorpion or a snake, even if we think we want one, and even if we beg him to give us one. Jesus, please note at the end of this passage, takes an opportunity to plug a great request. And that is, if we ask for the Holy Spirit, well, how he loves to answer that one. Verse 14, we read, He was casting out a demon, and it was mute. And when the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the multitudes marveled. But some of them said, He casts out demons by Beelzebub, the prince of the demons. Others, testing him, sought from him a sign from heaven. Now, this reaction by the people here would seem like a crazy response if it didn't happen so often even to today. Here we see Jesus casting out a demon from this man, and now the man is new. Some of the people that were there, they marveled at the miraculous work of Christ, but others... Well, there was no pleasing them. In fact, 
They were quick to attribute this power manifest to Satan. Today the world looks at these powerful manifestations of God's power and they so often call them cults and fanatics. However, Christ saw that coming. In fact, he reminds us that when such things happen to us, we should remember that, well, it happened to him first. John 15, 18 says, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. You see, the bottom line is that our fruit speaks the truth as to who we are. What comes out of our lives and out of our ministries is the fact of the matter, no matter what anybody says. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com. Music